Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. We, are, we love to celebrate moms. And for some of you, this is the best day of the year. Because you are, you know, you're treated well, and, and, and maybe this morning someone brought you breakfast in bed, and they rubbed your feet. No, probably not. Or, or maybe after the service you're going to be lavish with love as uh, you're taken out to lunch uh, after a service today. But I also realize that on days like today, they can be a little challenging. For some, Mother's Day is really hard, actually. Uh, maybe because, well, because maybe uh, a relationship with one of your children is it's not that, that good. There, there's, there's tension, maybe a little bit of a strife. Or, you know, maybe you're here as a, a child and, and your relationship with your mom, it, it's hard. You know, maybe some things that have happened uh, in the past. Some Mother's Day is difficult just because you've lost a child, and uh, it just kind of resurrects some of those emotions, and so it, it, it can be very, um, very hard. And some, you know, find uh, as a couple, maybe you're struggling with infertility, and so Mother's Day services or Mother's Day can be very hard to come, and you know, you, you look around, and you see so many moms or grandmas, you know, walking down the hallway with their kids, and something maybe you desire, and, and right now it's just a season in your life where that can't happen. Or, as I had a friend of mine say this week, I, I just can't go to church this week. They said, this is the first Mother's Day that my mom's not here, and it's just too hard. I, I, I'm just going to stay home. So I, we recognize that today, that some of you are, you know, we're, we celebrate you, and then for others we recognize this is not a, an easy day, and, and we recognize that, and, and we pray for you as well. But we also want to celebrate you. Well, today we are in week three of our series called Messy. Oh my goodness. Don't we all know life is messy and that is not going to change anytime soon. Uh, some of us are in a mess right now. Uh, some of us are only one bad decision uh, away from a mess. The fact is life is messy. And um, week one, we we looked at messy relationships. Who can't share a story about a relationship that went bad, went a little sour, went downhill a little bit? I think all of us could share a story. I have some relationships that aren't what I was hoping that they would be. It's kind of, they've gotten a little bit messy over the years. And then last week, we, we looked at that uh, topic. You know, we got really personal, and we, we looked at that topic that people say, oh, we should never talk about that in church. We looked at money. And how sometimes money can get really messy and has messed up a lot of lives. And so we kind of looked at that whole area of, of messy personal finances and maybe how uh, some ways that maybe we could uh, unravel uh, the mess. But today what we're going to talk about is something that I believe is very vital for all of us who are living in this season. Today's topic is something that all of us probably deal more than any other subject that we'll be discussing during this series. It, because it's not something that we deal with monthly. It's not something we deal with just weekly. It's not something we deal with just daily. It's something that we all deal with moment by moment. It's the one thing that we use every day of our lives. 
And if you're here this morning as a follower of Jesus or an atheist, you're going to be able to relate to today's topics because no matter where you are on the spiritual spectrum, you deal with this issue. It all has to do with this two-ounce slab of mucous membrane, the tongue. It's petite, but boy, it's powerful. It has some serious octane behind it. In addition, we're told if you don't get a hold of it, if you don't get control of it, it can kill, it can maim, it can injure, it can destroy. It's a lot of power that you can possess. And the Bible says it's an uncontrollable fire full of, of deadly poison. And who wants to have that hanging around the house or around the office? So how do you tackle an issue like that without leaving a path of destruction? So this week, as we continue the series on messy, we're going to be looking at the subject of messy words. Did you realize this morning that you are very powerful people? Very powerful. Now, you may say, well, Donna, you're being just a little overdramatic. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not very powerful. I, I, uh, I don't have a, uh, one of those high-fluting jobs where I, you know, I maybe have control over people. I, I don't have money. I, I don't have influence. I'm just your average person, working hard, paying my bills, raising my family. And I understand that usually we associate power with, with money and status and fame and position. And, and yes, it's true they have their place. But what I'm talking about today is that each one of us have the power actually to, to ruin someone's life or even our, our own life. You have the power to pull a life out of a gutter and, and send them off with some encouragement. Words are powerful. I, I read this week that the average man speaks 7,000 words a week, or a day, 7,000 words a, uh, a day, and a woman speaks 20,000 words a day. And at the University of Maryland, at the School of Medicine, uh, they came to the conclusion why that is true. I never heard of this before, but it's, this scientific said the reason women speak more, they have more language protein in their brain. And so what I'm saying is women, you are three times more powerful than men when it comes to our words. Words are, are powerful. I guess that's why it's true. He who rocks the cradle rules the world. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Your words can either help or hurt you. And if you're older, you probably have experienced that. You know, some people have ruined their lives by not being able to rule their tongue. And other people have been honored uh, for their words of wisdom. But our words are either blessing people or they're cursing people. And your future is heavily impacted by the choice of the words that you have. Because words have the power of life and death. See, a false witness can cause the death of an innocent man. A comforter can restore a, deject a dejected man by lifting his spirits with with encouraging words. A, a slanderer can kill a, a person's reputation, a reputation of a good man. A wise counselor can give guidance to young men and women in their youth. A seducing woman can, can ruin a man's life. Godly women, mothers, can teach their children the truth. There is um, 
this, uh, the effect that it can have on you as well. Because you see, in the second part of that verse, it says those who love it will eat of its fruit. You know, sometimes we will see the failure of a marriage because of harsh and critical words. You know, maybe nagging reminders, snotty retorts, constant suggestions of how people can improve, overbearing, um, constant criticism, sometimes which causes children to want to just move out of the house quickly or end a conversation that they have with their parents because they're always just being, it seems like a parent maybe is overbearing with them. Criticism and harshness can cost you affection. Complaining and whining can cost you influence. Arrogance and disrespect of authority can cost you promotions. Too many words can cost you listeners. Backbiting can cost you respect. Sometimes it's like we committing um, suicide with our tongue, using the power of the tongue to destroy our own selves. And that's why I love to encourage young people. Choose your words wisely because it can enhance your future if you control your tongue or it can actually cause your life to be quite messy. And, and maybe some of you here are older, maybe older men and women who know the cost of some messy words in, in your past. And, and maybe it's time that you, know, you confess it to God and go to those who, who you have offended and ask God to give you the strength and the wisdom to be able to maybe just control the tongue. See, the, the Bible is not being dramatic when it says that words are powerful. It can actually bring life or it can bring death. So just kind of picture some of these words, the emotions that it would bring up. If someone were to say, I love you, well, that's one kind of an emotion. I, I was baptizing a gentleman one time and he was 52 years old, and we were in the back, and we were waiting for the church service to start and for the baptisms to happen, and he said to me, he says, you know, my dad is in, the, is in the audience this morning. I said, oh, that's awesome. He said, um, my dad doesn't normally come to church, but he's here to see me get baptized. I said, oh, that's so encouraging. And then he just thought for a moment, he says, you know what? I'm 52 years old, and all I've ever wanted was to hear my dad say he loves me. And he's never done it. Powerful, the words, I love you. Powerful, the words, and someone says, you mean the world to us. Hey, I'm, I'm really proud of you, son. I'm proud of you. Hey, I, I get it. I, I understand. I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from. Hey, if there's anything that you need, you just call us. We're only a phone call away. Hey, kids, we're going to Disney World. <laughs> Those are words, all these words, right? They breathe life into people. Well, this week I, I had to fly back to New Brunswick to, to do a funeral for a friend of mine who had died unexpectedly. And so, you know, I, I know this husband and wife, and, and I know their kids really, like I know this family really well, and, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, I want to speak words that are, are just going to encourage them. I want to breathe life into them because this is a hard day. As they say goodbye, you know, to a husband and a mother and, and a grandmother, and, you know, when you're, in, when you're only 63, it just seems like so tragic because you seem young. 
and so unexpected. So I, I remember thinking I could start the service by saying, you know, welcome to the memorial service of Art of the Summers. But I said, no, no, I, I want to be able to breathe life into people right from the very beginning of the service. And so I, I chose to start like this. I said, weep not. I said, weep not. She is not dead. She is actually resting in the bosom of Jesus. Heartbroken family, weep no more. Grief-stricken siblings, weep no more. Left lonesome son and daughter, weep no more. Heavy-hearted husband and best friend, weep no more. She's only just gone home. We're here to celebrate the homegoing celebration of our sister, Art of Summers. The idea to breathe life into people. Sometimes just being, reminding people what is ours in Christ can breathe life. But the Bible says you can also breathe death into people. So listen to these words. You're such a loser. You've always been a disappointment to our family. You're so stupid. What's wrong with you? You're the biggest mistake I've ever made with my life. Go pound sand. Nobody's listening to you. Hey, I hear there's a job opening in Siberia. Why don't you apply for it? Your words have the power of life and death. So I want to encourage you today. Choose life. James 1.26 says, If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not have a, keep a tight ring on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is actually worthless. Hey, do you want to please God? And I think most of us want to please God with our lives. One way that we can do that is having control of our mouths. In fact, our words could really, really help some of our marriages that maybe are struggling today. Some of our words could really enhance the relationship that we have with our kids or our neighbors or our colleagues or our siblings because words are powerful. See, death and life are in the power of the words. Not just life, not just death, both. You have the power of both. So you have a choice to make with what you'll do with your words. So choose your words wisely. Because oftentimes I really think that this is a reflection of what's here. And I know we can't fix spiritual problems with carnal answers, for sure. Have you ever said underneath your breath, or maybe you've even said it out loud, me and my big mouth? Have you ever said that? I've said it way too often. And it seems to me it's still frequent in my conversations today. Like, oh, me and my big mouth, why would I say that? You know, all of us have something to say, and so we, we're quick to say it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you can turn there. I think it will also be on the screen as well. 1 um, Thessalonians chapter 4, starting at verse 9. This is what the Apostle Paul is writing. Now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love the, uh, all the brothers throughout the Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers, to do so more and more. Make it your ambition 
to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. Ooh, feels like Paul's getting up in my face. It says, mind your own business. I don't know what's going to happen here, but I feel like something is going to fall very soon. <laughs> I feel like i got to get something else. <laughs> Sorry, singers. I'll return this. Does that not seem odd to you? <laughs> it really wasn't like that in the first service. Oh, <laughs> my word, that is going. That's going to be gone soon. So 1 Thessalonians 4. Mind your own business. I think at all cost, avoid strife. Like, just, just avoid it. And, and of any place that can happen is right here in the church start chatting and talking and all of a sudden this side's not talking to that side you know someone sits on that side of the church because they know the other person they don't like sits on this side of the church at all costs avoid strife uh, like bickering and arguing disunity disharmony disagreement strife always seems to start with the mouth you know someone saying something about something they sh maybe shouldn't have said or, or tell somebody that they shouldn't have told in fact, sometimes I think that this whole idea of um, giving our opinions can start a lot of trouble. Have you ever had an argument with somebody who gave you their opinion about something that you never asked for? In fact, when you ask people their opinions, are you sure you really want it? Because sometimes when you ask for it and then people give it to you, you're like, how can you, why are you so stupid? Why would you think that way? Because you assume they were going to agree with you when you ask. Sometimes I think we may be better off if we maybe keep some of our opinions to ourselves. Because sometimes I think our, our opinions, now I'm just speaking on my behalf, but sometimes I think it's, it's just a symptom of our pride. Feeling the need to tell other people what to do because I'm convinced I'm right and they need my advice maybe before we give our opinions it may be a good question to ask oh, I wonder if this is the Lord want me to say this or is this just me talking and the Apostle Paul says at all costs like, uh, avoid strife when I tell you my opinion on what you're wearing, <laughs> it causes problems. Does anyone ever come up to you and go, I don't know what that outfit you got going on, but it's not working. <laughs> I've, I've had people say that to me. <laughs> Donald, now that you're packing on the pounds, you shouldn't be wearing that outfit. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even ask your opinion. <laughs> but thank you <laughs> for sharing. You know, sometimes um, we just, hey, that car you bought, what a lemon. Didn't you research on that before you bought it? Hey, we're just kind of giving our, our opinions. And Paul said, hey, you know, sometimes it's just good to, to mind our own business. 
We don't have to be in everyone's business all the time. Now, I try. I try, I said, you know, to keep my opinions to myself. I, I don't always do well, by the way. I want to excel in that area, but I always don't do well. You know, sometimes I get sucked into a conversation. I'm biting my tongue. I'm not going to say anything. And then all of a sudden, the chain breaks, and I go for it. I'm like, oh, what is wrong with you, Donald? When are you going to learn? And then sometimes, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I'm a little shocked. Sometimes social media, right? You know, especially when someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus and, and just blurts the stuff out that is so, well, I'll say evil. Like, wow, I can't believe you're, you're talking that way about people. And by the way, I fall into that mess myself. So I speak as a person who has experience with that. And the Apostle Paul says, if, if sometimes if we would just mind our own business, I think we'd have more peace in our life. But sometimes we just see what's happening, we, we feel this urge, we gotta, we gotta tell people. You know, I, I mean, I have, I have, I don't know, I don't know how I've been blessed this way, but I have people that tell me every single week, I'm not, no, I'm not exaggerating, come every single week and tell me, all the things I've done wrong. Seriously, oh, every week. I, have you noticed you, you made a mistake there? Oh, you made a mistake here? Oh, like after a while, it's like, whoo, kind of sucks the life out of you after a while. Palm trees and beaches sound very inviting. <laughs> Here's what I discovered. Sometimes when we give our personal opinions, it comes across very judgmental. Because, you know, the fact is the Bible doesn't speak on all issues of life. There's a lot of things the Bible doesn't speak about. And yet sometimes I think we, we just like to give our opinion because we feel like maybe our opinion is right. And sometimes it comes across that we're, we're being a little judgmental. In fact, in Romans, in Romans chapter 14, this is the, uh, Paul talking again, there was an issue happening. It's not an issue that we would face today, but there was an issue uh, in the church. And in Romans 14, verse 1, it says, Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. See, there was this discussion going on in the church. There was a big argument. And, and some were saying, well, I think you should be able to eat this food, but you can't eat that kind of food. And people were like, what? Well, sure, I can eat this kind of food. And so there's this discussion. And then, well, you can't be eating food that's offered to idols. And someone over here is like, I didn't even know that was offered to idols. I can do that. And so, you know, it's not an issue that we would face, but it was a big deal. And, and then Paul says, why are you arguing on these non-essentials? Disputable matters. But boy, there's a lot of issues like that for us. You know, I've seen many arguments in the church, like daycare versus no daycare. You know, some people say, I think you should stay home. You shouldn't be out working. Other people say, well, I, I have to work for my family. I'm doing the best. Like, or, or sometimes, you know, it may be over Christian school versus a public school. Some people really feel convinced, I want my kids to have Christian education. Other people say, well, I want them to have impact in a public school, right? Um, and so sometimes we give this opinion, we can come across 
quite judgmental. I remember when I was growing up uh, at our church when, when soundtracks, for those who would remember way back then, when soundtracks were just being introduced to church, and we're like, oh, isn't that beautiful? But I remember at our church, no soundtracks. And the reason we did no soundtracks, I thought it was because, well, maybe it's too orchestrated, maybe they'll think it's too, too early for the church. But no, no, the reason why we didn't do it, because we couldn't guarantee that everybody that was playing on the soundtrack was a committed Christian. Like maybe, maybe it's a studio musician that they just hired who doesn't know the Lord. Well, how can you play that in church? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh my word, on these non-essential issues. All of a sudden, arguments would break out. And sometimes we forget people aren't going to answer us, they're going to answer to God. With their words. And sometimes I recognize it's hard to know when to say something, maybe when not to say something. But I'm discovering not everyone's interested in what I have to say. <laughs> and sometimes it's just the timing of it. And just because you have an opinion doesn't mean people want to hear it. And when you give your opinion and nobody wants to hear it, honestly, it gets a little messy. And people will say, oh, I, j I just wanted to help. You know, sometimes I think maybe uh, some parents are perhaps driving your adult children crazy <laughs> because you're always telling them what to do. And I realize, well, I'm just trying to be helpful to them. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be helpful when you see people who are, are you know, getting ready to hurt themselves or, or maybe they're, they're making some sinful uh, this choices. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the Bible doesn't talk on all issues, and so we need to be very careful when we just begin to give our opinions on stuff. I guess the question is, is I'm really trying to help somebody or am I just wanting to give people my opinion? I like what Aristotle said. He says, honesty is more than unloading everything to everyone. It's speaking the right truth to the right person at the right time in the right way for the right reason. Powerful truth. And some of you here today might say, yeah, well, um, my marriage was ruined actually, because of my tongue or, or my words. Some of you might even say, I, I kind of wrecked my daughter's life because of some of the things that I, I spoke over her. Now, some of you may be here today and you're like, my self-esteem is, uh, is all messed up because of some words that maybe a parent or coach or teacher spoke over you. It seems like every time we open our mouth, we have the potential to create havoc in our lives. Every time we open our mouth, we have the potential to get things really messy. That's why the Bible says, if you know someone who has never made a mistake in their speech, you have found a perfect person. James 1.19 says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. I am trying to work on that. In fact, um, a couple of months ago, uh, I guess last fall, I had taken uh, the course, one of the courses that we teach at EHS. And, and one of the courses, or in that course, uh, it said, why don't you take time to listen to what maybe God has to say to you in your life? And I'm like, because when I pray, I just, like, I just start praying, Lord, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, help this person, do this person, amen, and on my way. And I just remember being taught, like, Donald, maybe it may be good the first 
few minutes, why don't you just be quiet? Maybe God has something to say to you. And that's what I th- when I think of that. Sometimes we just talk too much, and I think it's a good reminder when James says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Proverbs 20, 19. A gossip betrays confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Psalm 39, 1. This is David saying, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. You know, sometimes we're in, in, in conversations and you know you shouldn't say anything and, and it, just, it just blurts out there and you think, oh, I wish I had a muzzle on my mouth. This is what David is saying. And I realize that sometimes when we speak carelessly, we think we can just take it back by saying, oh, I was just joking, I was just joking. You know, maybe somewhere along the line we've seen the conversation kind of go sideways, so we're trying to, to correct how, what's happening, so we just blurt out, oh, I'm just joking. When we know, in fact, we weren't joking at the time, but the conversation has gone sideways, so I, I, I want to try to fix things. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever put too much gel in your hands and you, and you can't get it back in the tube, or you got too much toothpaste on your toothbrush and you can't put it back in? Well, sometimes that's the way our words are. Once you've lit the fire, sometimes the damage has already been done. Sometimes when you've been bit with a poison, it already begins to do its work. The results are already in place. You can confess, you can ask for forgiveness, but sometimes things are already in motion. I also think you need to be very careful with sarcasm. And I know some of us here are professionals. We're professionals. And I, and I realize sometimes it can be quite funny, but sometimes it causes pain in people's lives. And sometimes sarcasm gets really messy. Personally, I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how to deal with sarcasm because I never know if they're telling the truth or are they trying to be funny. Because sarcasm always has a hint of truth to it. So then, you know, somebody says something, and I go back to my office, and I wonder what they meant by that. Were they trying to be funny, or do they want me out of here? And you know, you, you just start, uh, because sarcasm has that little hint of truth. So I'd say be careful when using that. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, this is the Apostle Paul again, um, having some really profound words to say to us. Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 29 the end of the chapter says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Don't let unwholesome words come out of your mouth. That word, if you, in the original language, in the Greek, there's a connotation. That unwholesome has this idea of, of rotting, stinking, smelly fish when it's just out there rotting. I don't know if you've ever, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, and a lot of my relatives are fishermen. And so on this little island where my dad grew up, Everybody had a fishing boat, and, and when they come in to the wharf, you know, they would cut up all the fish right there and then just kind of, 
you know, kick to the side all the, the heads and the guts and the tails and take the good part, and it would just be left there. And, you know, flies start flying around, and, and you'd go down the next day, and you're like, this place, oh, it reeks. That's the same idea that, you, that Paul's saying. These unwholesome words, it's like they're, they're smelly and stinking and they're rotting. And he's saying, don't let those, don't be a fish mouth. Like, that's not what should be coming out of your mouth, he's saying. Now, I know sometimes people would say, well, you know, as a Christian, I realize that the only thing that should come out of my mouth is something soft and sweet and gentle and, and really Christian-like. No, actually, that's not what, that's not what the Apostle Paul says. He doesn't say, oh, just say nice things. What he says here, say helpful things. Like that which is going to be helpful for people. In fact, he goes on to say helpful things that will benefit the person. And then he goes on about building up. That whole idea of building up, it's like a construction zone where you're building a foundation and you build a second floor and the third floor. Like you're building up. That's what Paul says with our words. When you speak, build people up. And then it goes on. And it says, demolish, like tear down, get rid of the bitterness. So there's another construction term there. Demolish. Don't just build something new and leave the old there. No, build, construct into people's lives, but, but demolish that other stuff. And bitterness, and one of the best ways to get rid of that is, is forgiveness. So I guess the question we could ask ourselves, are people better off after they've spent time with us? I mean, have you ever spent time with somebody and you walk out of the room and you go, oh, it was so good to spend time with them. I mean, you're lifted up, you're encouraged, your spirits are up. And then other times you have conversations, you leave the room like, okay, I'll try to do better next time, right? <laughs> you, you, you know what it's like. So I, I'm trying to ask that question to myself, Donald, are people better off after they spend time with you? Or do they go away heavy as well? I think it's a good question for all of us to ask. Words are full of power. They can heal, they can wound, they can minister death, they can minister life. They can encourage, they can discourage. They can build up, they can tear down. People get divorced over words. Families split apart over words. People lose jobs over words. People have poor self-images because of words that have been spoken over them. Words are powerful, so choose your words carefully. When we say words that are, that are affirming and kind, it's like we're speaking a blessing into someone's life. It's, it's like we're breathing life into someone. Sometimes I wonder, I ask the question, I wonder why people were so attracted to Jesus. And then I start thinking, I think it's because he always seemed to speak words that were full of grace and encouraging and gentle and kind. Listen, God loved us so much, so much, that he actually wrote down words that could bless our lives, truths that we could hold on to, Words that would encourage us, words that would affirm us, words that would give us strength for the journey that's ahead of us that sometimes can be quite a difficult journey. Words that would grow our life. He wrote them down and he signed them. I love these words. Come to me, all ye who are 
just heavy, worn out, and weary. And I'll give you rest. You know, some days you just feel like you're at your wit's end and you read a verse like this, oh, that's right. Bring it to God. Because he says, come. What about words that say, you don't have to live in fear? Because here's the truth, I'll never leave you. You know, sometimes we, we get so fearful of being lonely and all by ourselves, and yet we have this promise, I would never leave you. Those are words that he's breathing into us. It's like, I will always be right by your side. I love these words, I am full. He says, I am full of grace and mercy, and it's fresh, and it's new every morning. I never run out. It's not like, oh, you've had an overdose of supply yesterday. No, tomorrow I'm going to have a fresh dose for you of grace and mercy. Those are words that speak life into us. I'll catch you when you fall. I'll run to you when you stumble. I can be your hiding place. I can be your, your tower of refuge. When you have no place to go, come here because I can be that tower of refuge for you. And then I, I never get tired of hearing these words because I feel like it just speaks life all the time. For God so loved the messy world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but then get this, but have eternal life. And then you follow up with that that Jesus never came into the world to condemn the world. Sometimes that's what we think, that he came to condemn. It says he, not came, he didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. That's what he came for. That breathes life into me. Choose life. Choose life when it comes to your words, because life can get really messy. So choose your words wisely, and choose life. In fact, this may be a great prayer for all of us in Psalm 19:14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Words are powerful. And you have the ability to breathe death or breathe life into people. So choose life. Let's pray.